1: Old Man Doug has fired up the base today. Uh, Kyle says, can we cook with the old guys letting us know they won't uh, buy Peacock? We don't care. Miss sporting events, not a badge of honor. Uh, Jim says, Old Man Doug hates my banking app and thinks Caitlin Clark's records are cute. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Cute? But I'll be there to make a deposit, uh, <laughs> Right be there uh, after you open up at 9. All right, welcome back in. Mornings with uh, Sharp and Hanley. Here's one team I do want to see in the College World Series as college baseball begins today. East Carolina. Finally a breakthrough. The Pirates. I'd be a big fan of East Carolina.
0: Would you like to expand on that?
1: Well, they've come close. They've got, a, they've got a really, really good program, and they have come close. You remember... They hosted Texas. Oh, yeah. a couple years ago. Yep. And they oh, had, that's there, yeah. The weather yeah. that, that super went on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I like some new blood here. Yeah, it's always good to have. We new got blood. ORU last year. Yep. Uh, ORU has a lot to uh, replace. Hmm. Um. But but East Carolina will be my sentimental team to make it here outside of Dave Van Horn and Woo Pig Sui. Uh
0: yeah the. I, I would feel like East Carolina is kind of close because I remember when Coastal Carolina finally got here and then obviously eventually won. Speaking of prolonged uh, College World Series or postseasons, that one was. Weird Thursday, like 11 a.m., winner-take-all game. It was so strange. But I feel like that was kind of the same path of Coastal. Like, they had been on the cusp. They'd been in supers. They'd had good teams. They were, you know, a team that was pretty much a top 25 team all year for like the five years before they made it. So now they've kind of established it. And for East Carolina, for another team that I think they got ranked as high as like, shoot, they were like number four or number five at one point last year. And and so, it, but you've also seen that they've always been in like the regional host. Um, typically, they're part of the regional host and or they're in that discussion as well. Usually you get that breakthrough, and those teams that continue to do that, you get that breakthrough, then all of a sudden you're established. Like, Coastal Carolina now, kind of seeing that on Creighton's schedule. Uh, I th- I'm trying to remember which. I think it was um, Michigan has a series with them, too. Like, that's now considered a big deal when you play Coastal Carolina. There was a time it was like, eh, who? Yeah. But now it's – so I think, you know, East Carolina, that's another team that it kind of seems like that's – they're on that path of of finally breaking through. So – You might get your wish there, Gary.
1: They've been one of the most consistent college baseball programs, and Cliff Godwin's a really good coach. Plus, their color analyst is an actual doctor. Really? Yeah, on the radio. What the hell's he doing? He just loves baseball, huh? He's a physician. That's awesome. And so he does uh, color, and their play-by-play guy is a guy named Scooter. Oh, even better. So you got Scooter in the Dock? It's quite the listen. That sounds amazing. Weekday mornings. Yeah, it sounds like a good morning show. Scooter in the Dock. Uh So, Nebraska baseball, we we were talking yesterday. The expectations really, there really kind of is none because I don't think people know exactly what this team is going to be. Instead of hitting 97 home runs and relying on Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews, Mm -hmm. they're going to be more of small ball. But I think the middle of the lineup can be good. You alluded to it. I agree with you. They're back into the bullpen will be the strength. There's just so many unknowns about the Nebraska baseball team, and no one has said our goal is to make it to Omaha. Or even no. host, yeah, which is yeah, which has happened is, in the past. Yep. But I mean, if Nebraska is not playing in June, that's three straight years they haven't been in the NCAA tournament. I don't. I. I have no idea what you're going to get. It, it could turn out to be a really good run. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting surrounding Nebraska baseball. So with no expectations, and last year people were disappointed, even with the late run in the Big Ten tournament. Will doesn't get to the NCAA tournament, and you know, Will was kind of from the fans' perspective, not from the athletic department, on the hot seat, and Will made some changes. Yep. I mean, you know, giving Jeff Christie the ziggy was not easy. No. But he has Rob Childers. he elevates, he brings in Mike Sirianni, and they start moving forward, but they're going to open today. 29 of the 40 guys on the roster have never played for Nebraska. Yeah. Never. 29 of the 40. I don't know how comfortable that is, especially when you consider – Nebraska has has of late has really gotten off to slow starts on the weekend. Yep. I think they're 5-9 and 1 under Will. But it's not like he's been hiding because he's, you know, he's talked to the media and he's been at some events. But if you didn't know any better, would you think Rob Childress is the head baseball coach at Nebraska? I could see why you'd think that, yeah. Now, it's a great impact because we associate Rob with winning. Yes, He's part of the three College World Series appearances as the pitching coach, twice under Dave Van Horn, once under Mike Anderson. He gets to be the pitching coach with a staff that I think will greatly benefit from you got to throw strikes, you got to miss bats. If you walk people, you're sitting next to me. I think they will benefit greatly. But it's almost like the, the focus has shifted from Will to Rob, that if Nebraska breaks through this year, it's all because of Rob. And that's not easy to do, to be comfortable. That's a sign, I think, of some growth of Will as a head coach still learning how to be a head coach at a Power 5 program in a conference that is not Power
0: 5. Yeah, I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a fair way to look at that because not only do we associate Rob Childress with success, but we associate Rob Childress with the best pitching staffs that Nebraska's ever seen. You know, you go all the way back to Shane Comanay, but then you you look at you know guys like Jabba and Johnny Dorn and and everybody that they had, mm-hmm. it from the back end of those staffs as well. Rob Childers, this is what he does. I mean, then you can look at some of his Texas A&M teams, even as the head coach, being able to have that impact on the pitching staffs for those programs and those teams. I mean, it's well documented. So, it, I, I don't I don't think it's a a knock towards Will. In fact, I think it was a very smart move by Will. I, I love Jeff Christie, for the record. He's a great guy, and and I think he is a good baseball mind. Did he become a scapegoat? I, I, there was a little bit of that, because this was the one part about the Jeff Christie story that I don't think was always told enough, and that was the year after Nebraska won the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. They went down so badly on that staff with with arm injuries. And this was always kind of a problem when when Darren was here too. And there was always question about, you know, what's Ted Silva, what's their, you know, preseason regiment looking like? And is that leading to arm issues and whatnot? And I think a lot of that's garbage. Sometimes it's just really bad luck. Uh, it really is. But he was able to use some freshmen. This is, remember, people realize why they were excited about Jackson Brockett last year because Jackson Brockett was thrown into some really tough situations in that year, especially in some midweeks. And he persevered. There were some young guys that I thought from the first part of the season to the end of the year in 2022, I thought were you could see improvement right then and there. Now, there's the the, the big one that everyone's still waiting on, and, and I think Jeff Christie also gets some fault for this one is Drew Christo. Okay, why haven't you been able to unlock that as well? But I think there were enough examples of, of Jeff Christie being effective with certain pitchers. Now, at the end of the day though, you're going to look at that staff as a whole. How many strikes are you throwing? How many free passes are you giving up? All those different things, and what's the overall team ERA? And is the pitching staff, and it as a whole, not being able to settle in on guys, and you know, kind of having a revolving door when it comes to maybe a Sunday guy like they did last year. I mean, you had Emmett and Jace, but then after that, it was like, okay, is it going to be Jackson Brockett? Are, you know, are we going to go with Will Walsh? You know, there was a lot of different guys. That Again, I don't know if that's always on the pitching coach as it is just the situation and guys being inconsistent, but somebody's got to be accountable for that. And I I think, to your point, you couldn't run everything back this year after missing the postseason twice and expect people to be confident in your product. And when you have a guy on your staff as an analyst in Rob Childress and he's willing to not seek out a head coaching position, but to stay on staff. It's kind of a no-brainer to be able to have a guy that is already in your building be able to take over an area of need, and that's a pitching staff, because there's very few that do it better than Rob Childers, and you already have him. So that was a no-brainer. So now you fast-forward to this year, and if I think about if this team is successful, if this team makes the postseason, the question of is this more of Rob Childers' team right now? It's going to be because of the pitching. There is no question. I mean, this team could have a team batting average of four hundred, but if their pitching is not any better and not any more consistent, that's all going to go by the wayside. Okay, congratulations, you are putting up more runs, but you are losing, you know, ten to seven ball games. If this thing works out this year for Nebraska where they're in the postseason and they're one of the top teams in the Big Ten, it will be because of that staff. And that staff is, I say, intriguing because I don't want to say exciting because we don't know everything there is to know about it. But there are, kind of like what I mentioned with Creighton, there are some power arms. There are a couple of guys that you've been hearing some really good things about. And the bottom line is if when it comes to late, you know, mid-late March, if you're seeing these guys – out there consistently, it means one thing, and probably the most important thing—that's Rob trusts them, and that's a big thing yeah. with the staff.
1: Uh, the last time a Nebraska baseball coach did not go to the NCAA tournament three straight years, they didn't get a chance to either go to the tournament or not go to the tournament for the fourth year. That was Mike Anderson. Yeah, and then he was gone. Yeah. So it's it's a move that needed to be done. Uh, it's just it's almost like Rob is the the saving grace of Nebraska baseball, even though Will is still front and center and yep. you know, Will is still doing what Will does, it's, all the focus is on Childress, and that might be an okay thing because we always associate, and we will, whatever happens this year and moving forward, we'll always associate Rob Childress with winning at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Pitching coach on three college World Series teams and a guy that should have been the head coach at Nebraska. Should have been. I, mean, I have we, no problem yeah, saying that. He should have been. Rob, Rob Childress Q rating surrounding Nebraska athletics is one of the highest of anybody that has been involved with Nebraska athletics since 1998. Yep, It's it's absolutely true. Yep. All right, 54 past the hour. Wilson Moore will join us next hour from the World Herald we'll Talks from Nebraska basketball. Nebraska hasn't played for a while, if you haven't noticed know, that. It feels like a month. They haven't played since Saturday when they uh, took on that team that uh, wears Michigan uniforms. But they get Penn State tomorrow at 11. Uh, Nebraska's net ranking right now is 53rd. There's a lot of brackets because Nebraska has not been in the forefront of the discussion this week because yeah, they haven't played. haven't seen them. A lot of first four out, last four buys, a 10 or 11 seed. Um, Kids, get tomorrow your on. Tomorrow, the only way that the result tomorrow can move the needle if it's a bad result. Yep. yep. Um, so Nebraska has to just take care so of just business. Win. Wilson join us. Swin, up baby. At uh, 8.30. Uh, Creighton is on the road tomorrow morning here on the zone. They play at 11.30 at Hinkle against Butler, who will play with all kinds of desperation mm-hmm. because they need another Creighton win on their uh, resume. And you know what happens when Creighton goes and plays on a Saturday morning at Hinkle? <sighs> the sun's beaming through the glass. They don't shoot well at all. Yep, And, it becomes and Butler a, does. It becomes a game that you go, uh, I'm on record, though, I will say this, it will not be 99-98 in regulation. No. Or in overtime. It's going to be in the 70s. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Already called your shot? Yep. Actually, it's going to be in the 40s tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but sunny. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Mexico. what time
0: is uh shoot around? Ten? Sure. I per- won't be here. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. Is it uh, oh, Are you
1: skipping out on your show? Is I am. G- is it
0: Jimmy Allen? Yeah.
1: Okay. No, we gotta go out of town. Okay. Nothing fun. Wow. Ten AM. Giving up But give- we'll be watching basketball. We yeah. will be watching all of the games. All right, enjoy KU. All right. We're back <laughs> with more mornings with Sharp and <laughs> Handling. Sixteen twenty the zone.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.